Get ready to open your ears for some mighty fine music, and you know, in reality, we're just kind of wetting your whistle here, because today's featured band will also be appearing at next week's Sandy Lee Watkins Songwriters Festival, July 28th through the 31st, in beautiful downtown Henderson. We are speaking of Beaver Dam, Kentucky's own Scott Lindsay, along with his bandmates Troy Johnson and Brett Boyette. Together, they call themselves the Nash Villains. We will find out all about how they got started a few years ago, where exactly their first performance was as a band, and when we get to that, I think you'll find that it's quite a small world. We will hear a few of their musical selections and get the lowdown on their future plans, in addition to, of course, playing at Sandy Lee Songfest. So, here it comes. Get ready. It's Blabbit in the Bluegrass, Episode 9 of Season 3. Kentucky features so much more than basketball and horses. We're home to scenic spectacles and one-of-a-kind golf courses. If boating, fishing, dining, or music is your pleasure, we'll guide you to the sights and sounds that you will truly treasure. Cause we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. There's nothing here to hide, cause we're saying it with pride. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With knowledge of the state, you're sure to appreciate. Yes, we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. Where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste. From Smith Mills to Smithfield, Smith's Grove to Smithland, we've never met a Smith in the Commonwealth we didn't like here on Blabbit in the Bluegrass as we have explored and will continue to explore and celebrate all things Kentucky. I'm Sam Moore here at the amazingly astounding North Quell Motel in Henderson, KY. I am so beyond thrilled that you're here, and I know that my feature band is so beyond thrilled that you're here because they always crave an audience to play for. They've been gaining momentum over the past few years, and they continue to build steam as the days, weeks, and months pass. So it seems the band features Scott Lindsay, the pride and joy of Beaver Dam in Ohio County, along with his teammates Troy Johnson and Brett Boyette. Together they are the Nash Villains, the troublemakers who never get caught. So we'll hear more about them and an interesting story on Scott Lindsay. You know, I met him for the first time in 2009, and I was interning at WBKR in Owensboro at the time. Scott was still solo then, obviously, but he had already established himself as a songwriter, and he was touring to promote his single, You Only Call Me When You're Drunk. Now, how's that for a song title? If you've not heard it yet, you owe it to yourself to get on YouTube, take any means necessary to do so, you're going to get quite a laugh out of it. And we'll talk more about that single later on in the interview, so hang around for that. Since then, Scott has joined forces with uh, Troy and Bretts to make even more magic, so we'll learn how the band was formed, we'll hear some of their music, and trust me, you won't be disappointed, and you can hear even more where that came from next week, because all three of those gentlemen will be at... 
Sandy Lee Songfest in downtown Henderson. And to find out exactly when and where they're going to be during that time frame, the schedule is posted right now at sandyleesongfest.com. That's S-A-N-D-Y-L-E-E-S-O-N-G-F-E-S-T dot com. You can look up the schedule, find out when and where you can catch them and everybody else that's on the agenda. We actually featured Sandy Lee Songfest and talked about it in depth in Episode 7 with Jessica Bevan and Susie Watkins. So if you missed that or you uh, missed some of the details, feel free to check that out. It is on the Blabbing in the Bluegrass Facebook page. Like I said, it's Episode 7. You can also find it on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. We encourage you to listen and subscribe through those avenues as well. Also, hit me up on email with any kind of suggestions you may have for future possible directions of the program, future guests. I'm all ears and I'm tempted to hear what you have to say. So, feel free to contact me. Bluegrassblabbing at gmail.com B-L-U-E-G-R-A-S-S B-L-A-B-B-I-N at gmail.com You can also, of course... Make comments and leave messages on the aforementioned Blabbing in the Bluegrass Facebook page, where you can also stay up to speed with information as it is presented via updates over the course of the week, okay? So before we get to the band who is anxiously awaiting in the wings, let's reveal this week's Bluegrass Brain Buster. We try to do one of these every week. We give you the question at the beginning, we give you the answer. At the end, so some may dispute this, but many believe that the first commercial oil well was drilled right here in the bluegrass. So I want to know on which river and in which present day Kentucky County was our nation's first commercial oil well believed by many to be drilled. Again, on which river and in which present-day Kentucky County was our nation's first commercial oil well believed by many to be drilled? You think on that, get the juices flowing. I will have the answer for you after my interview with Scott Lindsay and the soon-to-be legendary Nash Villains. Enjoy and best of luck. Sam Moore proudly presents his Commonwealth Crowd Pleaser. Well, on today's show, we are privileged to have a Nashville-based band with a very unique style, all of whom will be performing at the Sandy Lee Watkins Songwriters Festival a week after this puppy is released. That'll start on the 28th and run all the way through the 31st, so let's make welcome uh, Beaver Dam, Kentucky native Scott Lindsay, along with his teammates, Brett Boyette, along with Troy Johnson. Together, they make up the band known as the Nashvillians. Man, ah, villains. Hey, oh, how are you doing? It's villains. Yeah, yeah there you go. I got excited and added an extra letter, didn't I? Yeah, but, but you're an outlaw band. No wonder, no wonder you're called the villain. So we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get into more of that here momentarily. But it's sure a pleasure to have you all on board today. Um, right before you uh, tackle be your own podcast here in a few hours. So we'll, yeah. we'll, 
we'll put the word out about that. But I tell you, I first met Scott, I was telling him earlier, I met Scott, I guess about 12 years ago when I was an intern at WBKR in Owensboro and he performed at the Big O Music Fest. And, yeah, uh, that, was with, uh, that was with Jason Aldean. Jason Aldean and let's yeah, see. Chris Cole Young, Cole I think, was, was on there. Yeah, I think Chris Young was there. And uh, yeah. that was the very first Big O Music Fest. Um, but you've, you've probably been back a few times since then, haven't you? Uh, not to perform. Just okay, just okay, drink and, and uh, <laughs> <Just a> drink. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's, that's big, that, that's important. We all need that sort of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, drinking's important. We, sure. we have to, we have to have our priorities in life. So yeah. uh, anyway, we're gonna, we're gonna start with um, our Kentucky and Scott, and then we'll work our way to the rest of the band, and they've got a couple songs they're gonna play for us too at the end of our chat here. But now, uh, Scott Lindsay, you grew up, as we said, in the greater Beaver Dam area of Ohio County. So um, why don't you talk about uh, some of the musicians you enjoy hearing on the radio as a youngster and describe how they influenced your own personal style and maybe the style of the band. Well, uh, of course, Dad, Dad listened to uh, BKR all the time when I was a kid. And, right. Uh, you know, they, so I heard the top 40 of the day back then, Waylon Jennings, Willie Nelson, Bellamy Brothers, and, you know, such. And I, I was always intrigued by how they tied the stories together. But uh, what really sparked, sparked the fire songwriting-wise for me was obviously my dad's a songwriter also. But uh, he really turned me on to a band called The Eagles. And, oh, uh, we might have heard of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm... To this day, I'm a huge fan of the Eagles. Uh, so I, I really got to studying how they tied songs together and everything, you know, their lyrics and and uh, and all. And it, that's sure. that's where I really caught the bug, you know. I so. can imagine. Yep. <laughs> and thanks to the Eagles, I'm sure you maintain a peaceful, easy feeling all throughout your endeavors and your <laughs> as often as possible. <laughs> as often as possible, yes. That's a that's a good philosophy to maintain in, in life. Now you just mentioned your father, and I know he was a uh, gifted singer songwriter himself. Yeah. Who um, frequently wrote with uh, a Hall of Famer by the name of Tommy Collins. So tell oh, us, yeah. tell us. Yeah. Well, I try. <laughs> I do my best. Fake it till I make it. So uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, tell us about uh, your fondest memories of time spent with uh, your dad and Tommy and their presence. And uh, talk about some of the most valuable lessons that uh, you learned from them. Well, uh, dad is a good is a good writer himself he's writing mostly gospel these days but uh back then he was around guys like johnny russell was around a lot and uh and tommy collins was around seemed like solid for about five years tommy was around and uh and of course if you don't know who tommy collins was he wrote uh new patches from mel tillis and uh, roots of my raisin run deep for uh, merle haggard and oh. merle haggard had a song called leonard when Leonard finally came to California, right? That's about a guy named Leonard Sipes. That's Tommy Collins' real name. Oh, okay. That's Leonard not a Sipes. bad Merlin impersonation either. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. But, uh, so I had those guys hanging out in the in the kitchen with Dad writing songs, and 
And I would, uh, of course, I was listening to the Eagles a lot, so I, I already caught the bug. So I'd go in my room and write my I love you, you love me kind of thing, and bring, my, <laughs> bring it out there, and Dad and Tommy uh, would critique it, you know? Sure. And say, change this, change that, make this a little clearer, you know, try this, send me back to my room, and then I'd come back out, you know? They, I wish I had some of those graded papers from back then. You know? Yeah, that'd be that'd be something. Yeah, but... Uh, Wouldn't it, though? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, so I got... And, and Tommy's a Hall of Famer, you know, and Dad's pretty good himself. So I, I got, sure. so I got uh, priceless lessons. I mean, people would pay big money to have those kind of lessons, you know, Absolutely. from songwriters like that. Yes, so, uh, indeed. But, but they they told me just just to just to always treat it as treat it as a job and treat it as as you're always a student, you know. So I. Right. I read I read a lot about songwriting. I have a lot of songwriting books to this day. You know, I just bought another one like two days ago. You know, and I'm always Jesus. studying about it. And I read a lot of Hemingway, you know, because in my mind he, he wrote a lot, he wrote his novels a lot like a songwriter. You know? See <laughs> Scott was <laughs> Scott was yeah. practically born learning and he's still learning. So yeah. <laughs> I'm just learning slower these days. Ah, <laughs> I hear you. No, hey, no, no shame. Yeah, they no they shame. told me just to treat it like a job and, and, and as a student and, and never quit learning, you know? So oh, absolutely. Yeah. I try to do. When you first began your uh, singing and songwriting journey uh, in Nashville, what were some of your biggest surprises, both pleasant or maybe unpleasant, about the life of a Music City musician. That everybody didn't just swing their doors open for me. Is it? <laughs> that was yeah, quite that's an eye-opening experience. Yeah, yeah, that's quite the shock, you know. <laughs> everybody at home tells me I'm great. Well, you don't think I'm great? <laughs> yeah. yeah, in Nashville, you had to knock or maybe in some in some cases bang those doors down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it just, uh, it takes a while sometimes, you know, so. That's the yeah. thing. It's just, uh, I, I knew it was going to be tough. I didn't know it was going to be as, this tough. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you always hear about how tough it is, but, uh, you know, up until you experience a lot of things, you're like, oh, I'll, I'll be the exception and <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll stroll straight through. And it's, it's unfortunately not that way, but you, in fact, all of you are, uh, doing quite well and you've broken through uh, quite a few of those barriers in fact a lot of our listeners Scott probably remember you from your uh, top 40 single a while back you only call me when you're drunk yeah, yeah a little <laughs> love song yes love very romantic absolutely yeah. <laughs> so what uh, what was the uh, what was the inspiration behind that song sir uh, actually it was a drunken call from my cousin at three, oh, really? at three o'clock at approximately three o'clock in the morning that inspired it. I so see. Originally it had nothing to do with a woman. But, oh, gotcha. But, uh, you know, that just ended up. <laughs> my, my old friend, Harley Allen, used to tell me songwriting is you take the truth and you lie about it. So, Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, good, yeah. The truth yeah. is the basis for all the lies you That's tell. Right. That's right. So. There you go. Never, never hurts to slant it. But yes, I, I'm not surprised. I figured a, a phone call 
yeah. probably inspired that tune <laughs> in yeah. some form or fashion. <laughs> now, uh, throughout your uh, extensive songwriting background, you've collaborated with uh, many other amazing masterminds, too numerous to mention. Now, you mentioned Harley Allen a second ago, so uh, why don't you give us uh, a little more of an overview of uh, some of the tremendous talents that you've worked with and perhaps some of the uh, signature songs that uh, maybe they made famous that our listeners might be familiar with. Well, uh, I've done some writing with Leslie Satcher. Okay, and she's uh, a regular uh, performer at yeah, the song she'll fest. She'll be there. Yeah, and uh, uh, I mean, I, I used to write a lot with a guy named Josh Osborne, who has about every hit on the radio right now. And actually, I wrote You Only Come When You're Drunk with Josh. Oh, you yeah, y'all wrote uh, that one together, didn't you? I mean, he, he's written all that, well, not all of it, but most of that Sam Hunt stuff and some of that Old Dominion stuff, you know, several Blake Shelton songs. Well, hey, Blake's, Blake. <laughs> yeah. Blake is yeah. quite a fixture, not only on country radio, but also on The Voice. And Yeah. But I, want to, but I want to tell you, two, two of the best writers that I've been, that I've had the privilege of writing with in this town is when I started writing with these two guys. Oh, and, oh uh, yeah. Troy over here. Yeah, Troy over here wrote uh, Some Days You Gotta Dance for Dixie Chicks. Live it up when you get the chance. I remember right. that song. Yeah, Troy wrote that. And, and Brett does a lot of film and TV cuts, and he's got a, a Cassidy Pope song that was out a while back. Oh, yeah. awesome. Uh, okay. So we've got... Uh, Invincible. Invincible, yeah. I think that's what it's called, yeah. Yeah, that's, what it's called. that's why I, I was wanting to say Stronger for some reason. I knew it was something like... Yeah. You know, but, uh, so from, from film writing to songwriting, we've got a wealth of experience in the band there yeah. <laughs> that uh, makes up the the Nash villains. Now, you've also had the honor, Scott, of opening for uh, a number of household names in the world of country music. And we talked about uh, Jason Aldean a little mm -hmm. bit ago and Chris Young. So uh, why don't let's broaden our discussion of that a little more and uh, talk about the notable artists you've been privileged to tour with and talk about the time spent bonding and uh, playing with these amazing artists. Well, there are some stories that will not be told. <laughs> well, th this is, we, we do try to keep this show PG. <laughs> is it, this is family, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, no uh, R-rated stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there was a lot of them that, that were fun. I mean, uh, Sure. Aldean, Aldean's cool cat. I mean, I, I was on his very first headlining show, you know, and cool. uh, I mean, he was, he was so excited, you know, he was just like, he was like a kid in the candy store, you know, as, as I would be too, you know. Oh, and, absolutely. Uh, and Chris Young, uh, I done stuff with him on his uh, very first tour. And uh, Chris is a good friend to this day. Real good guy. And he's and, uh, a he's a Murfreesboro native, isn't he? Yeah, so yeah. I thought he was from right there, Murfreesboro, right outside Nashville. But uh, yeah, yeah, he's Chris. Chris is a backstage buffet connoisseur. He he likes to know oh. what's, he likes to know what's on the menu. <laughs> he wants to know what's on the buffet before he gets in line. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's cool. He's a real cool cat. You know? I'm but, I'm uh, sort of like that too. And so, uh, some of the weirder ones are like uh, I done a show with the Insane Clown Posse at the Wild Horse Saloon 
the insane clown yeah. posse. Yeah, I mean, that was that was kind of strange. Yeah, that's everybody wearing clown makeup and everything. But they but they took well to me, you know. They uh they all most of them knew you only call them when you're drunk for some reason. It's really weird. You know? <laughs> A lot of them could relate to it. Yeah, good. I guess. I guess. But uh, yeah, I know you also opened up for uh, proud Kentuckians known as Exile, did you not? Oh yeah, I forgot about Sonny and him. Yeah, that was uh, wow. Yeah, now how how what long ago? That? Long, long time ago. That was a long time ago, man. Uh, like in the early days of Scott. Yeah, yeah, you caught, caught me off guard with that. Yeah, they. Uh, <laughs> I just got a call out of the blue to come. I think they were. I was trying to remember where they were playing. It's like, I want to say Hopkinsville or Hall, Hallsville, maybe. Oh, Some Hancock festival County. Right over on the river, and they just called me and said, "Hey, we we need an opening act, and and uh, we're told that this town's like a half hour from." from where you live. I'm like, yeah. He said, well, come on. So, <laughs> I mean, that's how quick that happened. So you, you went know? on. <laughs> yes, yeah. So I go. called my band and they, and we all just met there and played. Let's switch gears to the band now, shall we? I'm, I know they've, uh, they've been patiently waiting their, their time to shine here. So I don't know if I call what they've been doing patiently, but they've been waiting. <laughs> <laughs> they've been waiting. Yes, indeed. Tell us how the three of you gentlemen became acquainted originally. Well, that's a Scott question, too. Go ahead, yeah. buddy. <laughs> well, uh, I signed with a publishing company called The Media Midnights. And, oh, yeah, back in 2016, right? Oh, yeah, you're doing your homework, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and Troy was already a writer there. So that, that's when me and Troy became acquainted, because we, we uh, <coughs> the company put us together to do some writing, uh, actually before I signed, just to make sure we clicked. Yeah. And, uh, and so... I signed there and, and I, I bet we wrote about, I bet we wrote 30, 40 songs in it, in that first year, you know? Yeah. So, oh. uh, so we hit it off real good. And then the, they sent me out to, the publishing company sent me out to California to do a songwriters festival out there called Durango. And Durango. Uh, yeah, I met people like Chris Galbuta out there, who's going to be at, uh, at Sandy Watkins this year, I see. And, uh, right. While I was out there, a mutual friend of ours named Tim Gates had a writing appointment for a movie called Forever My Girl with the musical director named Brett Boyette and wanted to know if I wanted to go and possibly get a song in a movie. I was like, uh, let me think about it, man. Yes. You know? <laughs> let me think about it for a nanosecond. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so off we went and that's where I met Brett while we're, while we're in our writing appointment which they didn't cut the song for the movie, by the way, but we'll get into that. Oh, later. that's their loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, while we're in the writing appointment, that's exactly what I told them too, is there? <laughs> <laughs> but while we're in the writing appointment, uh, Brett starts playing me some demos of songs that were in the movie. You know, we're going to be in the movie. And uh, he starts talking about this guy singing on the demos and saying that he's going to move to Nashville and he wants to start a band with this guy singing these demos. That's why I moved to Nashville. Yeah. So I could work with Troy. That's right. <laughs> that's right. No, well, no, that's it not, was all about no, Troy, huh? Yeah, here. yeah. He, he said he was moving to Nashville, and when he moved to Nashville, he wanted to put a band together. You know, yeah, that's a better way to put it, I guess. Yeah. He moved with aspirations <laughs> yeah. of starting a band. Yeah. And, I, and I recognize voice. I'm like, is that Troy Johnson singing? He said, yes. 
And I was like, oh, I, well, hell, I'll call Troy right now, see if he's interested in, in being in a band. You know? There you go. And, and called <laughs> Troy up, and Troy was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't think I picked up on the first ring. Actually, it went, it went more like, who's this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scott, Scott who? Scott who? Scott who? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, later on tonight, I'll contact each of you individually so you can give me your own takes on the story and how you remember it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, that would be preferable. I was going to say, y'all can jump in here anytime. You know? No, we're, we're, we're watching the email. It knows that. Okay. okay. <laughs> no, <okay. laughs> no, that's great. Anyway, the rest, <laughs> the rest, as they say, is history. In fact, uh, the band made its public debut at the Sandy Lee Walking Songwriters Festival. Did you not? Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's a yeah. good way to put it. In 2019, we did the uh, we did the Sandy Lee Watkins thing, and yeah. man, right. we had a blast. I I I I, I personally had a blast. I, I had a blast. Too. I couldn't wait yeah. to come back. I, I think you know what what is so wonderful about it is they treat the songwriters as royalty, and it was so fun to be you know catered to and ridden everywhere, and it was oh, yeah. so fun. It's also, it's great to have, you know, our peers who we see all the time in Nashville. Just Oh, I know, in, in a different setting. Something kind of cool to be yeah. in a different setting. And just, uh, yeah, I was really uh, uh, impressed with the amount of talent that, that uh, Sandy Lee Watkins is able to get out there. And, and you know, it's, it was a whole lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I tell you, Henderson's like Nashville North during those four days, isn't it? It really is, isn't it? Yeah. Nashville North, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and I know I recently read uh, an article that Chuck Stennett wrote right after, maybe it was right before y'all did your uh, debut concert there at the Songfest. And I know um, your friend Leslie Saxer was in attendance that night, too, wasn't she? We played with yeah. her, actually. Yeah, the because yeah, the, uh, on the 2019, we did that one show where we did it as a band, right? Mm -hmm. The last one. Yeah, the last one was a Saturday one. night, yeah. and, and Leslie was in on that that round. That was great. It was a round like it a was, big circle. And she was very, very uh, complimentary that night. It was wonderful to do a show yeah. with her. We wrote with her after that. Yeah, we did yeah. A show. <laughs> yeah, well, we've individually written with her, yeah. you know, many times. Yeah. Uh, but uh, well, that's neat. So your appearance at the Songfest um, led to a collaboration. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. As I'm sure it does for a lot of people there. Yeah. 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 Fact, you, Jordan Rayner is another one you got together with after that. Yeah. 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 In fact, I was told uh, when I was talking to to Susie and Jessica last week that um, the Sandy Lee Walken Songwriters Festival has also produced um, a marriage. How no, that? that wasn't Between... me. That wasn't me. I'm not responsible for that. Nothing to do with that. <laughs> you yeah. mean between two songwriters? Yeah, uh, two of the songwriters met uh, one year at the Songfest, and they kind of hit it off, and so they, they started talking, and next thing you know, they tied the knot. And, and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> oh, was it? Who, who was it? You know, I, I don't remember the names right offhand, but... Is it Jeffrey? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't I don't know if it was Jeffrey or not but but I, I will say that uh, it, it appears to be happy ever after so far that's great <laughs> that's as great. far that's as great. I know so we're, we'll cross our fingers and toes it stays that way but yeah. anyway uh, for those who've not yet been blessed with the sounds of the Nash villains how would you gentlemen describe your musical niche and style mm. Dark country southern rock. Yeah. There you go. A little, little album yeah, I mean, thrown in there. 
yeah, absolutely. Dark country, outlaw country. Um, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's definitely different than what you hear on the radio today, and and mm-hmm. we're proud of that fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's good to dare to be different. <laughs> yeah, we'll make this about Scott and the band. We'll make this a you know a, a split question because Scott, I know you've performed at a number of legendary venues from uh, Billy Bob's in Texas to uh, the Barn and. Rosine, which is might as well be your hometown, and mm-hmm. uh, then you've been at uh, Wild Horse Saloon in Nashville. So of all those places, we know Sandy Lee Songfest is your your first favorite. But in, <laughs> besides Sandy Lee Songfest, if you had to pick a favorite venue to perform in, uh, which one would it be? And explain what makes it your favorite. I think. Uh... Rosine will always be sentimental to me because it's home. That's got a special spot in your heart. Yeah. Yeah. And Bill Monroe played there a lot and he played his last show there, by the way. And, uh, uh, but besides that, I I say that because it's home. Sure. uh, Sentimental. Uh, Billy Bob's was really freaking cool. You know? Yeah. That's in Fort Worth, right? Yes. That's what I thought. Yeah. I mean, it was really cool. I mean, I'm, I, Maybe it was just the mystique of it, as I heard about it my entire life. It's like 14 know. bars inside that. Yeah. Well, crazy. yeah, that's exaggeration, but yes. It, it's <laughs> just 14? On stage, yeah. it's, it's several bars. We have a rodeo it's, arena. It's really big place, yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's definitely a good venue to play. Yeah, I mean, and I, like I said, I, it, may, it may have been the mystique of it that I had built up in my <coughs> mind, but, but I mean, uh, when I walked out, when they introduced me and I walked out on that stage, Man, I I thought this is it, brother. I mean, it's and the only other stage to play now is the Opry. You know. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, we gotta yeah. have we gotta have goals. So yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I've yeah. heard I've heard big things about Billy Bob's. I'm gonna have to make my way out to Fort Worth and uh, get that experience. Now, uh, I want to get ba- back to Billy Bob soon too. That'd be fun. <laughs> there you go. Well, I, <laughs> I got faith you'll make it. Now. Uh, as far as the gigs that y'all perform together as a band, um, what's uh, what's your favorite venue that you've been blessed to take the stage at uh, together as a band, and why? Well, most recently we did uh, a show here in town uh, at Whiskey Jam. That was a whole lot of fun. Whiskey Jam. Uh, unfortunately, because of the pandemic, we haven't been able to play a lot as a band. Uh, oh, you know, the just playing places like that. Yeah, our our um, our uh, you know, we were ramping up to do some shows and, and, uh, you know, yeah. 2020 hit and, and we haven't done a lot of, uh, live playing. And, um, uh, so, you know, we did, you know, one of the shows we did, I, I really enjoyed was this place down in Birmingham, but I don't remember. Oh yeah. Well, it was great. a, it was a, it like was a, a theater. theater and, uh, it was a great crowd and, mm-hmm. and that's the gym, um, Jim yeah. Parker. Parker. Yeah. Uh, we did so we, that. We had done that. We just played uh, Bryce Canyon, Utah, also. Oh, that was great. And then, that was a really good one. Utah. Yeah. We really enjoyed playing so that. So we, we, were, we were picking up, yeah. you know, and we just shot a video, too, and then the whole world shut down. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so we, have, we have yet to play our favorite venue, I think. Uh, yeah. But, but to... But to uh, our favorite venue is our next one. Yeah, That's right. There you go. <laughs> to jump in, uh, my favorite venue uh, that I've ever played, uh, or at least one of my favorites, is Green Hall down in Texas. Oh, and, yeah. um, Green Hall. It is, uh, it is the 
oldest uh, honky tonk. Uh, I don't know if it's in the nation, but it's definitely the oldest honky tonk in Texas. Mm -hmm. um, it's in a place called Green, Texas, and it's spelled mm -hmm. G R E U N E. It's a German mm -hmm. spelling. That's I cool. went by there and saw the place. Such on the stage, a cool! Yeah. It's right on the Brazos River, it. and uh, it's so cool. I mean, the the um, you know in Texas they put sawdust on the floor to, to dance and and peanuts. And, and, well, and, and, and no, that's only in the that's only in the restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, they put sawdust on the floor, but at Green, you don't even need that. The the floors are so old, yeah. and they're almost like poplar wood now. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. Man. There, there. It's such a such an incredible place to play. That's amazing. I'm, it's open air. Yeah. And sure. and uh, it's uh, it's got a roof on it, but you know there's no walls. It's just uh, it, it's you know it's rafters and and you know man, great I bar. I always love playing the the dives in Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, oh, any place you play in Texas is gonna be good because they yeah. love music down there. They, they do. Say, in yeah. fact, Texas. Um, one 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 cool thing about Texas, they sort of have their unique brand of country if you will yes they do yeah for sure <laughs> there well, are there are tunes that are jeff walker i mean uh i love it you've kind of got say, the, uh, randy band. rogers band randy yeah, rogers band yeah, yeah. tom shepherd now and uh, uh lots of lots of those guys yeah. yeah yeah texas is very unique i mean you could tour just texas yeah. and make a good living yeah, yeah. oh i can I imagine gotta say, i gotta say so my play, favorite place i've played so yeah doing oh yeah Please. let's hear it um I would say my favorite place I've played is probably the Ryman, but I, yeah. yeah, that that was amazing. And then the Gibson Amphitheater in Los Angeles before it got turned into a Harry Potter ride. <laughs> <laughs> I've played the Gibson Showcase in in Los Angeles, but I've not played the Amphitheater. The Amphitheater, yeah, it was huge, but I, they did. They turned it into a Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Did they ride. really? See what happened when you yeah. played there? Yeah, yeah. I, I think <laughs> we were we were one of the last bands to play there. We've all played the Ryman, and it's a, it's great. It's it's a it's definitely you know one on your bucket list, but it's it's so quick. I love it. It happens so fast. Well, yeah, we. I we, mean, I played one song. Oh, yeah. I was there, I was on stage for five minutes. Oh, yeah. I've never and played it, a lot. And oh, it probably yeah, felt more like thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, the coolest part is like we were backstage and we we were playing with the Brian Setzer Orchestra for that. Oh, and, okay. And so you got to do a whole show. We did a whole show. Oh, you mean you did the actual old Ryman? Yeah. Oh, I'm talking yeah. about just Opry. But the cool thing was. Like the, the the best part about it was the dressing rooms. You're in Johnny Cash's dressing yeah. room. They have like the oh. cash room, and they have oh, like you man. know. It's How so cool, cool is that? It's awesome. It's yeah, awesome. I've not played the original Ryman. Yeah, it's amazing. I tried to get the poster. I couldn't get it. Oh. The night. Did you go to Tootsie's afterwards, like they do oh, yeah, in the old days? Of course, we a whole band went to Tootsie's. Yeah, back, and, through, and then, the, and through the back. Through the back. And then nice. We also, we also went into Robert's Western World after that. Of course. Yeah. yeah. See that back that back exit, I guess, is for like VIPs and you know import, you know, yeah. not yeah. just whoever knows about it. It was it was back in the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, I got you. Maybe they're a little more little as places. as depicted in Coal Miner's Daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> now, now's we're now's we're just all the drunks fall out of tootsies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I bet you get some good entertainment. In fact, I bet the entertainment at Tootsie's gets better the later it gets. Oh, yeah. I've, oh, got, I've got lots of stories. I played Tootsie's for a year and a half in that back room. Me yeah, and Josh, especially in that back room. Me and Josh Osborne Did had a band back room. Yeah. There's some great bands. Got some stories there. Tootsies, yeah. So the next, um, the next time we get y'all back here on Blabbing in the Bluegrass, we're going to do a, a full show on Tootsie stories. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. 
Have your bleeper ready. <laughs> anyway, we'll, we definitely look forward to seeing you guys at the Sandy Lee Song Fest. In fact, y'all be there all four days, right? Yeah, I, I'm going to be there for three days. I think Scott's there for four, right? I'm there for three. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, Brett and I are going to be there Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I'm actually Scott... going to go up Wednesday. But, but I think I am, too. Yeah, I'm just going to hang out. It's so fun. We're just yeah. going to go up the week at, the yeah. day, beh- day ahead and hang out and watch some shows. Yeah, why not? Yeah, you can, you can just watch. Well, should go see that Scott Lindsay guy. Yeah, yeah. You can watch yeah, Scott's Slave okay. Away. Yeah. <laughs> you can watch Scott Slave Away on Wednesday night and just uh, have yeah. a few cold brews and enjoy the music. So you can see them all Thursday through Saturday. And Scott's on Wednesday night. And as far as, in addition to Sandy Lee Song Fest, do we have any other upcoming tour dates to speak of at this point? Working on a few as we speak. Yeah, actually, we're also going to start doing a lot of live streaming uh, as well. So we're going to be doing a lot of uh, shows uh, via the internet, so where people can uh, buy tickets and come and see us and everything else. So that's going to be a, a very uh, near future, something in the near future we're doing. Besides, we're trying to get on some opening slots for some major acts right now. Absolutely. So. Keep it, uh, keep it tuned here. We'll do our best to keep you posted. And speaking of live stuff, um, the Nash villains, if you think they're entertaining now, you're right, but they're probably even more entertaining on their own podcast, which they host uh, on a weekly basis on Tuesday afternoon. So uh, why don't let's give our listeners a little snapshot of what they can expect on the Nash Villains often imitated but never duplicated podcast. Every Tuesday afternoon at 5.30, we do a- Central. Yeah, Central. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, 5.30 Central on, on Facebook Live, we do a, a show called Happy Hour and we, we invite uh, the people we know, we invite our friends and, uh, as guests and uh, industry professionals and singer songwriters and, and people of that uh, ilk. We've had some great people. We've had uh, actually the the Bellamy brothers, Leslie Satcher. We've had Thompson Square. Yeah. Um, uh, we've had uh, Richard from the Headhunters. Headhunters. And uh, Sam, Sam Moore's on that list too, right? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, you know, some uh, uh, session players and and engineers yeah. and uh, one of our one of my favorites uh, were uh, uh, yeah directors. That was a lot. That was a lot of fun. And comedians, famous comedians. Yeah, uh, photographer. That was a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. That that lady photographer. She she. Oh uh, yeah yeah. Yeah, she yeah. was uh, what engaged to uh, Ringo, Ringo for a while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was a lot. She was a lot of fun. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> so yeah, that's all, and that's all available on our YouTube page and our Facebook page. Uh, all those, uh, all those shows every Tuesday night at five thirty. Don't you folks forget it? Five thirty Central, and we'll uh, we'll give you that Facebook and YouTube link here in just a bit. But uh, cool. at any rate, I know you've all been chomping at the bit to hear their music. So let's let's hear a couple of the Nash villains claims to fame, soon to be many claims to fame. And uh, let's tell our folks a little bit about the first song you're gonna play for us. We're gonna do a song called Dare to Catch Me. Uh, This was one of our early rights. Uh, We were just still trying to figure out if we actually had a band and and, uh, worth pursuing. And it turns out we did. So this uh, was the song we shot the video for in Hollywood. Yeah. Just before COVID shut everything down yeah awesome this was the the finale before COVID. and this was yeah one of the first songs we ever wrote and so this is a song called there to catch me awesome 
to catch me the nash villains the very last video that they shot in hollywood before the world came to an abrupt halt that's how you'll remember that song but hey it, at least it didn't happen before the video was shot you know <laughs> right, right. Yeah. at least well, got, it didn't happen beknownst to us it would have yeah. been a much darker <laughs> video than it was yeah <laughs> right yeah exactly if you would known it might have been even darker but anyway great song and um we look forward to hearing more where that came from i know that all of our listeners shall we say are they're all screaming encore at their various devices on which they're listening to <laughs> blabbing in the bluegrass so why don't let's hear another masterpiece from the nash villains great okay 
Yeah, we'll play our uh, our current single. It's called Who Don't. And, Who Don't? Uh, we were, uh, this is the only song on our record that we didn't write. We had the opportunity to um, to work with uh, uh, Help me out Steve, Dorf. Steve Dorf. Steve Dorf, thank you. Uh, St Steve Dorf on this song. He was a Hall of Fame songwriter. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think that I name should, sounded familiar. No. <laughs> yeah, he wrote Across My Heart for George Strait. And, uh, oh, minor hit. Yeah. yeah, through the years with Kenny Rogers. I mean, well, his son, his son Andrew Dorf was a, a longtime songwriter here in the town, and very well respect, well respected, and and uh, had a lot of success. And um, suddenly uh, died in 2016. And and oh, Steve, sorry to hear that. Yeah, and Steve, uh, you know, was is is now kind of the curator of his of his uh, um, of his catalog. And when uh, Brett and Steve got together to reconnect after. Uh, a long period of time, they, you know, Brett played Steve our material, and 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 Steve really liked it. He 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 thought that some of these songs that that uh, he has on the back burner for uh, Andrew, uh, uh, he he thought it would work well, and we thought so too. And this is one of the songs we picked out, and and we're very honored to to have uh, recorded this song and, and and to be a part of uh, Andrew's legacy. So awesome. uh, this is a song called this is a song called Who Don't. Who don't? It's the Nash Villains. Who don't? One, two, one, two, three, and.
what I'm talking about. <laughs> who hey, don't like so. their beer ice cold and who don't like the Nash villains? Oh, nice. Oh, love it. Nice segue. Boy, <laughs> Sam's worth 10. Yeah. Oh, at least one I person thinks so. Like Scott, 10 people right there. <laughs> Scott Lindsay, Troy Johnson, and Brett Boyette, better known together as the Nash villains. And um, I know Troy does most of the the lead singing, but Scott, you've been known to sing lead on a few of those, haven't you? Uh, not on the Nashville and stuff as of yet. Okay, well, all, maybe that's it's all Troy. It's all Troy so far, but yeah, I've obviously You're... sing lead on my stuff years ago. I want right. to see you do until they sing to each other. That's what yeah. I want to say. We're working on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brett keeps getting in our way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, you you just you just never have the chance. Well, one of these days. Yeah. yeah. We'll hear, not that Troy is not admirable in that role. So <laughs> I don't take any offense, Sam. I, you I get you, buddy. <laughs> you get me? Okay. <laughs> Good deal. At least you do. Well, uh, we've sure enjoyed talking to all three of you. I hope you've enjoyed it. Absolutely, oh, Sam. Yeah. Thank you for doing Thank this. you for having us. We sure appreciate it. Now, one, one last thing before we let you go. Um, I thought I would let each of you three give your best advice for those who aspire to be singing and songwriting sensations. Whichever well, of you wants to start, I don't care. Um, you know, for me, some of the best advice I got was, uh, I think it's very true, is to join a cover band. Uh, because it makes sense to me, you know, thinking about it, you're playing hit songs all the time. You learn structure, you learn melody, uh, you learn how it's constructed and the craft of how people have written these hit songs. So uh, that's actually a great way to do it. Oh, absolutely. So you can sort of model your style or maybe, you know, gain some influence from some of well, the... You, just learn, you learn how important the lyric is. You learn, you know, what the lyrics are. Because you actually have to study the lyrics to learn to sing them. You learn mm -hmm. the chords, and you learn how important the chorus lifting is, and you know. Right. Well, I think the point is is that you you you're 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 emulating songs that have already been hits. Yeah. You're emulating songs that are popular, and they're popular for a reason. So if you get that into your bones, if you learn how to do that, just almost by osmosis then it, it will inform your, your future songwriter. Absolutely. And that's, I think that's great advice. There you go. Yeah, I know, I know, that's, uh, I know that's tough to follow, but um, Scott, what would you say? <laughs> what would your advice be for those who aspire to be the next Scott Lindsay? Well, I, I kind of touched on a little bit ago. You study it and uh, you, treat it, you treat it like a job, even if it's your second job. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, if you treat it like a job, maybe one day it will be your job. You know, exactly. if, you, if you treat it like a hobby, it's always going to be a hobby. Take it seriously and that'll take you places. So check them out, folks. It's uh, nashvillainsband.com on the web. You can also find them 
on Facebook and YouTube at Nash Villains. Twitter is at Nash Villain Band, and Instagram is Nash Villains Band with an S. Did I did I leave any out there, gentlemen? No, no, you got all that right. I mean, essentially, if you if you Google Nash Villains Band, you'll get all those handles. Awesome. Yeah, they'll all pop up, and they're easy yeah. to find. And don't forget to check out their Happy Hour podcast as well, which is live every Tuesday night at 530 Central. So, gentlemen, you've been a blast. Thanks so sure. much for coming on. And uh, I guess I'll see you Thank all, you. and hopefully most of our listeners will, at the uh, – Sandy Lee Song Fest on the 28th through the 31st of July, and we wish y'all nothing but the best. Thanks, Thanks Sam. Sam. Have a good it. day. You know, I feel like I've gotten to know those guys pretty well already, and I look forward to getting to know them hopefully even a little better next week at Sandy Lee Song Fest. Weren't those two wonderful songs they selected for us, and they showcased two contrasting styles which proves that the band is very versatile, right? I mean, first we had There to Catch Me, which is a very beautiful song, followed by the very upbeat and energetic Who Don't? Both definitely worth hearing again, and I know we will next week, along with plenty of others in their repertoire in downtown Henderson. We'll get an even bigger sample of what the band has to offer musically. And I will link you to their website in my show notes, too, so that you can click on there, learn more about them, find out what they're all about. Scott Lindsay from Ohio County, Kentucky, Troy Johnson from Texas, and Brett Boyette from Colorado. Three states represented there, but they certainly meet the criteria for the program for two reasons. Number one, there's a Kentuckian in the band, Scott Lindsay. And number two, they are appearing at Sandy Lee Songfest next week. And all four nights in the case of Scott Lindsay. The other two band members, like I said, they'll be there the remaining three nights of the festival. But you can catch at least one of the Nash villains each and every night at Sandy Lee Songfest. And you can check out exactly when and where during the festival they'll be playing online right now. SandyLeeSongFest.com is the website. The entire schedule of the musicians and their venues, it's all there for your reference. And I sure appreciate uh, Brett, Troy, and Scott taking time out of their busy schedules to chat with me on the program today. I wish them nothing but continued success. And we'll have plenty more fun on the program next week. I also hope to see you at Songfest, too. I'd love to meet you down there. If I haven't met you already, even if I have, I look forward to talking to you down there. And before we wrap this thing up, I have the highly anticipated Bluegrass Brain Buster answer ready for you. And as we mentioned at the beginning of the program, some may dispute this, but many believe that the very first commercial oil well was drilled right here in the bluegrass. I wanted to know on which river and in which present-day Kentucky County was our nation's first commercial oil well believed by many to be drilled. Your part one answer? It was on the Big South Fork of the Cumberland River. And given its location, it's often referred to as the Big South Fork River. So I guess either Big South Fork or Cumberland River would be acceptable for your part one answer. And in which present-day Kentucky County was it apparently drilled? That would be McCrary County. That is actually the second time that McCrary County 
has been the answer to one of our Bluegrass Brainbuster questions since we got going with this show late last year. And uh, it was not officially named McCreary County yet. That didn't come along until the early 1900s. But it was drilled apparently in what is now known as McCreary County way back in 1818. And it was drilled by Marcus Hewling, I believe that's pronounced right, H-U-L-I-N-G, by a uh, spring pole rig. And that was a little over 200 years ago. And oddly enough, they were drilling for salt at the time because uh, Marcus Hewling, along with his partner, Andrew Zimmerman, they were working for Beatty Salt Works, which was a salt mining operation down there. And that's how it became known as the Beatty Well. But yes, they were looking for salt. Salt was much more valuable at the time than crude oil. So they were no doubt deeply disheartened by all the uh, crude oil that... <laughs> came up to the surface once they uh, drilled that well 200 feet deep. But nonetheless, it did serve as a commercial oil well for a time, even though it was not originally drilled to serve that purpose. And uh, it was believed, like I said, by many to be the first commercial oil well in the United States. Oh, the things we hope you learn here on Blabbing in the Bluegrass. Like I said, if you've got an idea for a future bluegrass brain buster maybe an answer or just a question i can try to find it shoot me that email it's bluegrassblabbing at gmail.com you can also hit me up on the blabbing in the bluegrass facebook page which i encourage you to like and follow you can catch previous episodes that you may have missed they're all there you can stay up to date with additional info on the show maybe some teasers on what's to come as they are posted throughout the week. Make comments and leave messages. And we also encourage you to listen and subscribe absolutely free of charge via Apple, Google Podcasts, and or Spotify. Those are all great avenues to enjoy the program as well. So, I'll be back next week. You better be as well. If not, we're going to hunt you down. But until then, make sure that you complete your weekly assignment. Keep laughing, smiling, and blabbing in the bluegrass. Cause we're blabbing in the bluegrass There's nothing here to hide Cause we're saying it with pride Just a blabbing in the bluegrass With knowledge of the state You're sure to appreciate Yes, we're blabbing in the bluegrass Where musicians furnish talent And great whiskey cools your palate Just a blabbing in the bluegrass With a fit for every taste Precious time is not to waste